it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. I love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, Andrew and I are going to do a bird's eye view of dividends. We are going to talk about maybe where you can find them in the financial statements. And we're also going to look at three different businesses and maybe examine why they pay dividends, why they don't pay dividends, and kind of give you an idea of what you can look for when you're trying to analyze or assess a company that does pay a dividend. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. So... I guess the drip king, I'm going to give you a first stab at this. Where can we find dividends? Like what a, let's start with what is a dividend and where would we be able to find something like that on a financial statement? Perfect. So a dividend is just part of the profits that a company gives back to its owners. So when you buy a share of stock, you are part owner of that company. Some companies will pay a dividend to return some of the profits back to their owners, their shareholders, and that's what a dividend is. Generally, most companies that pay a dividend will try to grow that dividend over time. So maybe I'll pay you a dollar this year, a dollar ten next year. Um, and that's all per share. So you're gonna get however many dividends per share. Um so you know, if you look up a stock and it says they pay a two cent dividend, it doesn't necessarily mean you're only going to get two cents, right? If you have 20 shares, you'll get two cents times 20 shares. But generally, they'll try to increase that every year. And that's where you can get the compounding magic of dividends because if you're reinvesting those dividends, that's where the drip comes in, dividend reinvestment plan. If you're reinvesting the dividends, you're accumulating more shares of the company plus if it's 
if they're increasing their dividend every year, the dividends the dividends you get are now higher and you didn't have to do anything. So I used the example with my daughter uh, last night and it didn't really take because I was like, oh yeah, the dividend went from a dollar to a dollar twenty and she's like, who cares? <laughs> but you know, it, so if you're if you have a stock at like eighty dollars and now it's at one hundred and thirty dollars, um, you only paid eighty, and even though the stock costs more now, you're going to get dividends on the on the most recent price um, because the business is bigger. So I, I, that probably doesn't really help much, but that's kind of the big gist of it. So you're going to get compounding through accumulating more plus the payments you receive are going to be bigger every year and you didn't have to do a thing. That's the magic. To find it, would you like to talk about where to find it? Yeah, so the dividends... All right, so there are basically two places in the financial statements that you can find information about the dividends. The first one is going to be in the income statement. At the bottom of the income statement, you will be able to find where how much the company pays per share. So for example, Andrew's company that pays a whopping two cents per share, that is where you'll find that at the bottom of the income statement, there'll be a line item that will say dividends per share, and then it'll tell you how much. Most companies pay the dividend quarterly. Some pay it monthly, some pay it biannually, like every six months. It just kind of depends, but majority of them pay it quarterly. So when you see the dividend come into your account, it you may go, well, wait a minute. I thought they were paying me a dollar a dividend, a dollar per share, and I'm only getting 25 cents. What's going on? It's because they pay it every quarter. And so you won't get the whole, the whole dollar in at the beginning of the year and nothing the next three quarters, you'll get it every quarter that they, that they pay the dividend. So there, there's one place that you can find information about it. The other place that you can find it is in the cash flow statement. And the cash flow statement has three sections. It has the operating section, the investment section, and the financing section, which is generally at the bottom. In the financing section, there will be a line item that will say dividends paid or something along those lines. And that will show the gross amount that they pay out in dividends every year. And so if you really wanted to be geeky about it, you could look at that number and then go back to the income statement and see how many shares outstanding they have and then divide it. Uh, Not every company will do the, the calculation for you. So that's how you would do that. Try to figure it out yourself would be to look at the finance, uh, I'm sorry, look at the cash flow statement, look at the gross amount and then divide that by the shares outstanding and that will give you the dividends per share. So those are the two places in a company's financial statement that you can find information concerning the dividend. If someone's an absolute beginner in the financial statements, maybe they want a shortcut, how would you suggest finding that? So not in the financial statements. Uh, the easiest way that I think of is uh, control F and type in dividends per share and it will, it should find that for you. Uh, the other option is to go to our favorite websites, stratosphere.com and look there. They will tell you how many dividends per share they pay as well. So looking at the grocery industry, there's three companies that are all in different life cycles of their business. And all have different, well, I'd say two of them kind of have a similar dividend policy, but one would arguably pay more of a dividend than the other. So we're talking about Sprouts, Target, and Costco. 
And full disclaimer, I own Target and Costco. I'll still give you an unbiased opinion on them. But Sprouts is one of those companies that does not pay a dividend, but it is in a early growth stage and it makes sense for them to not pay a dividend. Costco is somewhere in the middle where they are still growing and still opening stores, but they also still pay a dividend. It's not as big as some of their other peers, but it is still there. And then Target is a company that has a bigger dividend and they are not opening new stores. They are reinvesting in their business by doing these remodels across their existing store base. And they also reinvest through inventory, but they are not investing in the same way and growing in the same way that somebody like Costco or Sprouts is. So to give you an idea of why we've kind of come up with that classification. It's not like Target walks around saying, hey, by the way, you know, <laughs> I'm a mature company and I don't grow fast. Um, you can look at Sprouts. Let's start with Target. So Target has, if you look at their annual report, they have 1,948 stores across the 50 states. Costco has less than half of that and about a third of that in the United States. So Costco has 578 stores and they're only in 46 states. And then you take it down to Sprouts and Sprouts only has 300, where'd it go? 386 stores in 23 states. So you can see Sprouts could basically double the number of states they're in. So management has to ask themselves, do we want to kind of reap the profits now or do we want to reinvest and try to expand? And I think when you're smaller like that, it makes a lot of sense to to reinvest. Um, somebody like Target, they're already pretty saturated. They've got 2,000 stores across the country. Where I'm at in most major metropolitan areas, you can get to two or three Targets pretty easily. So it doesn't make much sense for them to necessarily open a lot of new stores. So they're if they can't find good uses and they're not going to open stores, then it makes sense for a lot of that to come back to shareholders. That's kind of the gist. Gotcha. So can we, can we go back and maybe unpack a little bit the idea of, of uh, like a growth site or a life cycle for a business? Like in, I guess overall, like a 30,000 foot view, what does that mean? When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. 
No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Yeah, so if you think about any new business, they're going to go through kind of an evolution of a life cycle. And it doesn't matter what business it is, even Apple someday may die, <laughs> most likely. Not not for sure, but if you think about it, Microsoft maybe would be an easy one to kind of explain. When companies first start out, they, they, they all make money and they have a choice of what they want to do with that money. And it's called capital allocation. And generally, as you move through the life cycle, the decisions they make with capital allocation will change based on what the company is trying to do. So early on in the 70s, when Microsoft was just getting off the ground, every penny they made went into trying to grow the business. So there was no conversation about paying a dividend at that point because every dollar that they made went to try to grow the business, grow revenues, grow the stores, create new products, it all just expand in general. And that's normal in an early stage of a life cycle for businesses. If you move into more of the middle, middle age, I guess, if you will, of, of life cycles, then people kind of start, then businesses start to change. They will still be looking to grow, but their capital allocation may start to change. Like they may not have to throw, they may not throw every penny into growing because they may not have as many opportunities. Early on in their life cycle, they'll have lots of opportunities. Everything's their oyster. They can do whatever they want. But when they get to be more middle age, then maybe they may not have as many choices. And so the capital allocation may start to switch. And instead of investing all of it, they may invest half of it. And then maybe they start paying a dividend to shareholders to thank them for investing for along the ride to this point. So now let's say that the business starts to move into more of a mature cycle or even maybe on the downward cycle. They may not have any opportunities to grow at all. They've saturated the market. They don't have any real places to put money. And so as the company at this point is mature, they're probably very established and are making lots and lots of cash. And so instead of hoarding all that cash, they'll pay a growing dividend to shareholders to try to entice them to either come to the company or stay with with the with the investment because now the growth is is gone and so as you look through this, the life cycle of businesses that's kind of what you'll see with the capital allocation in in relates to dividends and that's kind of how they will so young companies like Sprout they'll want to grow they're not going to pay a dividend 
company like Target, who is maybe, um, let's rephrase that, a company like Costco, who still has opportunities to grow, will pay a dividend, albeit smaller, they will still pay a dividend because they have some extra money they want to give back and maybe they're more conservative and they don't see as many opportunities to grow as fast. And then Target, who is maybe on the more mature side of the things, still has room to grow, but they're also more mature. So they're going to pay more of a dividend because the reinvestment choices have changed. And so that's, I guess, kind of how you look at the, the life cycle, or at least that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's perfect. The only thing I would say is everyone and everything dies, my friend. Yeah. Even <laughs> yes. Apple, even Microsoft, right. everything yeah, does even Apple. die. Even Apple. So what are some metrics that investors can use when they're learning about dividends, trying to apply them to their approach? What, um, what are some things they can hang their hat on? Um, well, there are several that kind of spring to mind. I think the first one is uh, dividend growth, like how, how fast is the dividend growing? And that's something that all dividend investors want to see. They want to see the company growing the dividend. Uh, the stock market also likes that too. If a company stops growing a dividend, especially after they've been paying a growing dividend for a long time, that's generally not a good thing for the business. And it could be a signal that there's trouble in paradise. Uh, if they cut the dividend, that's very much a, 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 a signal to the market that there is trouble in paradise or there's a very strong possibility of trouble in paradise. But you want to see a, a, a growing dividend. Uh, I think, was it Visa the other day, uh, a few a few quarters ago, raised it like 25% or something like that? So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> woo um, So they can announce these at any time. So it doesn't have to just be at the annual at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, they can, they can announce it every quarter. And there's a, a class of dividend of payers called dividend aristocrats that pay growing dividends for 25 years, have a certain level of market cap and are in the S and P 500. And there's uh, 56, 58 of them. I, I don't keep track of them very closely, but there's about that many of those companies. And some of these companies have been paying dividend for over a hundred years. I think it's American water has been paying that the utility has been paying a dividend for over a hundred years. It's kind of crazy, a growing dividend over a hundred years. So it's kind of nuts, but um, so that's, I guess that's the first one I would look at. What about you? A simple one as well would be the payout ratio. So it's basically how much of their profits are they paying out? So to, to use our examples um, that we were just using, which I think is very helpful. Of course, these numbers can change as a company's profits change, but in general, you can kind of make big picture determinations from them. So to look at Costco, their payout ratio right now, just pulling up on a, on a quick website, is 25%. So 25% of last year's profits basically went to went back to shareholders in the dividend. And then you look at, you look at Target, and their payout ratio was sixty five, sixty six percent. So, to that same argument of they're paying more back in dividends, that's an easy way to kind of see. Generally, rules of thumb: you definitely don't want to see payout ratios above a hundred percent for a very long time because that basically means they're paying out more in dividends than they are making in profits. 
And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that's not sustainable over the very long term. So payout ratio, you know, some people talk about, well, I want it to be at least this much. And I know I've I've said that when I was young and dumb. Um, (laughs) But really, I would say anything up to like 90%. I think when you get to 85 or 90% and the company keeps hitting that, you might start to wonder, okay, are they really just either I'm not going to get any growth from this or is this just an unsustainable payout? Because they're going to want to keep increasing it. And if you're paying basically everything out and there's no margin, what happens if you have a down year? And then now we're going to have to draw down. It could get messy. So, you know, hopefully a payout ratio is a little more conservative. 65, I I like that. I think that's fine. Um, But the closer you get to 100, the more you start to be like, maybe this is something to look further into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I remember looking at Coke a while back and I think their payout ratio was in the 80s or something like that. And that made me nervous. Yeah. All right. So I guess what's what's another ratio that you would look at besides the payout ratio? Uh, Did we talk about yield yet? Okay. I mean, yield is a pretty simple one too. You can just take the dividend paid and divide it by the share price. And that's going to give you the yield that you get. That's basically, you can think of it like your interest rate like uh, that you would get on the savings account. So if I buy Target today at a yield of 2.73%, my dividend is going to be 2.73% of however much I invest in them. So I put in $100, I'm going to get $2.73. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And with that, again, there are rules of thumb where if it gets, if it's like super high, like 10%, 11%, it could be something that's too good to be true because sometimes when the stock gets beaten down, its yield shoots up, but it's not because the company's paying a lot more in dividends. It's because people hate the stock. And so they don't even want to hold it, even if it's paying you 10% a year. So that's something to keep in mind with the yield as well. Do you think about the yield as part of your return that you would get on the investment? Oh yeah, absolutely. So kind of to that point, you could have a lower growing stock, but if you paid, if you got a, a nice yield on it, um, you could still beat the market even though the stock grows less than average. So let's say the stock grows at 5%, but you're getting a 4, 4% yield on the dividend. That's a 9% return, which is nothing to sneeze at. And it actually, it actually grows exponentially. So, you know, if we're talking about one year, then yeah, 9%, but it's actually much higher if you are looking at a 10 or 20 year time period, because that extra 4% is, compounding um, and you're getting that and if the stock stays low you're getting that every year and so the impact of that is seen more so on the long time yeah that makes sense so how are so we know sprout doesn't pay a dividend what are the yields for costco and target yeah that's a good that's a good example too so targets at like i said 2.73 versus costco At 0.73. So you kind of have the double whammy where investors have bid up Costco stock much more than they have Target stock. And that's because we all expect them to grow more than Target will. So it's not a big surprise. So that will push the dividend yield down because the stock's more popular. And then also when you combine it with the fact the payout ratio is lower because Costco's paying less of its profits back to shareholders, that also contributes to the lower yield. Mm -hmm. So it is, I'm glad you brought up the whole total return mindset because you're constantly balancing between, do I want higher growth and more dividend or lower growth and a bigger dividend? Mm -hmm. And I would say it really depends. Obviously I have both. And so depending on what the market's giving you, sometimes a slower grower is a better deal and sometimes a faster grower is a better deal. And you just mm-hmm. have to kind of figure that out for yourself. Would you? Would it be fair to say that a, a company that's maybe in the more mature side of the cycle will pay a higher yield, just by and large, than a company that still has more growth ahead of it? Yeah, 100%. And I think you see that too because of the double whammy effect like we just talked about. The faster growers tend to be more popular, so those will be more expensive, so you won't get as high of a yield. And then because the slower growers are paying more out in the dividend, you also get that to push up the yield. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. So is there when you're looking at um, companies and they're paying a dividend, do you kind of assess these three markets, these three metrics that we talked about in totality and kind of balance how that affects your decision to buy this company or that company. Like if you're looking at, let me maybe back that up. Let's say you're looking at company A and company B and company A 
let's say they grow roughly the same, but one pays a higher yield than the other. Will that help sway you towards giving that, you know, more consideration? Not really. Uh, I feel like these metrics are pretty simple and, and they're good at helping beginners get a good grasp on a lot of different stocks. But for me personally, my investment style, I'm trying to buy and hold something for at least 10 years. doesn't always work out that way, but that's the goal. And so I'm trying to think more on that mindset of, do I think this company is going to do better than that company? And then comparing what the price is. And so dividend yield becomes much less of a discussion in there because if the company can take care of business, then the dividends will take care of themselves. Right. And and that hopefully is a good bird's eye view of dividends and gives people somewhere to start and really grasped the uh, the concept of dividends. And Dave knows I get really fired up about dividends every once in a while. And I'm going to take the opportunity since the mic is on and I am live to talk about where dividends can become really nice. So I've written about this before in uh, in the emails that, that we send out to people on our free newsletter. I talked about my luckiest investment ever. And it was the first stock I ever bought. It was Microsoft back in 2012. And I literally just bought the stock because I knew that they made Xbox and I liked Xbox. And I knew X, they had a new Xbox coming out. That was the extent of it. So back then, they paid a 20... It was something like 27 cents of a dividend. And I bought one share. And so they continue growing that dividend every year. So, you know, that 27 cents maybe became 35, maybe became 45, on and on and on. You look today, Microsoft's dividends $2.72. So the dividend itself has grown by 10x. So what does that mean? So I spent $27 and now I'm getting, I spent $27 once and now I'm getting $2.72 a year. Plus, that's continuing to grow. So let's let's put that into like some numbers that that people would actually care about. So if you had like a thousand dollars and you were getting a one percent yield, that's ten dollars a year. If the dividend were to grow over a ten-year time period, like Microsoft's has, let's say, and it ten xed, now you're getting a hundred dollars a year. So basically a, a 10% return on $1,000 you put in a while ago and you continue to generate that. For some reason, that gets me really excited. Um, and we're not talking about the reinvestment either, but just that idea that you can put in the work once and watch it grow like you would watch a tree grow is really, really cool and um, hopefully illustrates the potential that dividends can have for you. I think it does. No, that's a, that's a great illustration. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and wrap up our bird's eye view discussion on dividends and how they can help you. I would be remiss if I don't mention we are running a survey right now to gather some information about what you guys like about the show, what we we do better, and just an overall general help the show. If you are interested, we have a link in the show notes that you can fill out the survey. It takes about five minutes or so. And if you are kind enough to fill it out, you will be entered in a raffle to win a $500 gift card from Amazon. 
So this is all being done via Airwave Media, our podcast platform, and it's to help the show. So we appreciate it if you would take a few minutes and click the link and fill out a survey. Uh, it's all easy stuff to answer. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about, dividends in particular, we have articles on our website that will help explain this in more in depth. I think Andrew did a fantastic job, but if you're one of those people that like to read, go to our website, einvestingforbeginners.com. There's a huge search bar at the top. And if you're interested to learn about dividend yield, you will find lots of articles about dividend yield to help explain it to you in better detail and with other examples. So without any further ado, I will go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time. Have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.